0: You're listening to Brains On where we're serious about being curious. Brains On is supported in part by a grant from the National Science Foundation.
1: Kai, we are so excited you're co-hosting with us today. Before tapings, I usually warm up by performing a choreographed routine I made up to the Beyonce
0: 2003 hit song Crazy in Love. Would you like to join? Sure. These jazz hands are always ready to rock. Jazz. Yes.
1: That's what I like to hear. Come on, we can dance in the gym.
2: Huh, looks like someone's already there. Go, Penelope, go! (coughs) And time! That's a fetch record! Ha! Nailed it!
1: Sandin and his dog friend Penelope Poodle, are you two here for the pre-show dance
2: too? Oh no, we're just training for Amazing Chase. That's the world's biggest game of fetch. Oh, I've heard of that. You team up with your best friend and
0: compete together to fetch all sorts of stuff.
2: Yeah, sticks, tennis balls, frisbees, floppy disks, a 1986 Topps Mark McGuire rookie card, half-calf oat milk latte, don't spill it, it's hot, one lonely Argyle sock, buckets of goo.
1: Buckets of goo?
0: Mystery goo, to be exact. It's an amazing chase staple.
2: Yeah, they keep you on your toes. But between Penelope's speed and my great hair, we're gonna ace this. Right, Penelope? (laughs) You know what they say, dogs are Sandin's best friend.
1: I think it's dogs are people's best friend.
2: Tomato, tomato, potato, potato, people, some other way of saying people. All I know is Penelope here is my bestie. Give me paw, peeps.
1: You're listening to Brains On from APM Studios. I'm your host, Molly Bloom, and today I'm here with Ka'ai from Princeton, New Jersey. Hi, Kai. How's it going?
0: Um, I'm good. I'm really excited to be here.
1: We are very excited you're here, too. Today's episode is all about dogs, their friends, and how they communicate.
0: If you want to learn more about
1: human friendships, check out last week's episode. Sometimes a dog's friends are fellow pups, humans, or even cheetahs. More on the cheetah later. We've gotten lots of questions about dogs and friendship, like this one from Vera and Sonia.
0: Why are dogs man's best friend?
1: Kai, I'm curious. Have you heard this expression, why are dogs man's best friend, before?
0: Uh, I've heard of this expression before, yeah.
1: So, do you think it's true? Are dogs really people's best friends?
0: I mean, yeah, um... I personally think cats are, but... Mm.
1: (laughs) You don't have a dog. You have a cat, right? Yeah. How do you think a cat expresses their friendship for humans differently than dogs express their friendship for humans?
0: So, from what I know, dogs wag their tails, and then cats, when they try to smile, they, like, slowly blink their eyes.
1: Hmm. Yes, I live with a cat, too, but I grew up with dogs, and cats are definitely... A little more standoffish, not as eager to please, I would say. At least that's my cat. Is your cat like that?
0: My cat loves people. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, my cat really doesn't.
1: (laughs) So I have a different kind of cat in my life. So since you have a cat at home, what inspired you to write a question about dogs?
0: Because since I have a cat, like I know a lot of things about cats and not as many things about dogs. So I like to know both.
1: Excellent. Well, we are going to tell you all about it today. Dogs and humans can be best buds.
0: And that's because dogs evolved to become our best buds. Right. When we say evolved, we
1: mean an animal changed over many, many generations to become something different. In this case, it all started thousands of years ago with wolves. This was back when people were hunter-gatherers, way before farms, towns, or cities even existed. It was so long ago that we don't know exactly how it happened. And in fact, it may have happened separately in many different places at different times. But the story might have started something like this.
0: Picture a group of humans resting by a warm fire after a long day of hunting.
3: Hey, buddy. Really great job hunting today. Oh, gosh, thank you. You did
4: a great job, too. If you hadn't seen those deer tracks, we'd be going to sleep hungry.
2: Sometimes I wish I could track by smell or run faster than deer. (sighs) It'd be so much easier. Meanwhile, a couple of hungry wolves nearby
1: have smelled what's cooking.
3: (coughs) Those humans have food. I want their food. Let's go take their food. But there are eight humans and only two of us. And they have sharp, pointy sticks and fire.
1: We have sharp, pointy teeth. And the food smells good. And maybe the humans also taste good.
3: No way, brother. I'm not charging in there and getting a pointy stick thrown at me. It would ruin my beautiful fur coat. Humans aren't delicious enough to take that risk. Why don't we just wait till they leave in the morning and then chow down on the scraps and leftovers?
0: Over time, wolves probably realized that humans threw away delicious bones and other tasty treats. So they might have started hanging out around the places where people left their trash. At the same time, the humans probably noticed that the wolves chased
1: away other predators from their campsites so they could keep those yummy garbage piles to themselves.
0: And people who study this think that over time, these wolves became less frightened of humans.
1: And when those wolves had puppies, the pups were also less frightened of people. And within a few generations of wolves and people, something like this might have happened.
0: I bet the humans have even more meat that they're not putting in the bone pile. I'm going to follow them and see. Don't tell mom. (laughs) Bring me back a leg.
2: Look, I, I went to the garbage pile to throw out some leftover hooves, and this little wolf pup followed me back. I mean, look at him. So fuzzy. These wolves aren't as scary when they're small, huh? I bet if we give him some meat, he'd stay. And maybe decide he likes us. Maybe he would even share his meat with us when he grows up. Bark, bark. Food, please.
0: Aww. Aww. In some places, wolves and humans probably started living closer together.
1: The wolves that lived with or near humans had puppies, and eventually, some humans probably started raising the wolf pups that were extra friendly. Those pups grew into adult wolves, but still stayed with the humans who raised them.
2: Oh my goodness. Wolf, look at your fluffy belly. Who's a good boy? Who's a good wolf? Oh yes, you are. Wait. <clears throat> what is that voice? Why is my voice doing that? What? What? is that voice why do i really like it hey w- what is my tail doing
3: oh your
4: wolf is waving his tail around he looks happy
2: good wolfie nice wolfie i am a nice wolfie uh, more meat please oh and and, and scratch my ears
1: Researchers think over thousands of years, as wolves became more and more used to living around people, some of them started to look different from their wild cousins.
0: Their ears got floppier. They learned how to bark to communicate with their human friends.
1: These were not quite wolves and not quite dogs. After even more generations of living around people, some of these early dogs even evolved a special muscle above their eyes. This muscle lets them make the puppy dog expression that says, please give me a bite of your sandwich.
0: That muscle is something that wild wolves don't have.
1: Humans shaped this canine evolution process so much that thousands of years later, a totally new species was born
0: dogs. So wolves and dogs are two different species. And now dogs can compete with us to fetch mysterious buckets of goo.
1: And speaking of tail wags, Ka'ai, you had a question about this.
0: Yeah, I wanted to know when dogs wag their tails, does that mean they're trying to be your friend? That's a great
1: question. So you've encountered dogs and you've seen them wag their tails. Do you think that means they like you?
0: Yeah, I think it means that, like, they like you and they're
1: happy. So, we don't have tails, so how do you show somebody you're trying to be their friend?
0: Uh, I usually ask if I can, like, walk with them, talk with them, or play with them. And, yeah, and then we just do that a lot, and then we become friends.
1: So, you're able to use your words instead of your tail. Is there a body language that you can use to show someone, like, hey, I'm happy to see you?
0: Um... You can wave.
1: (laughs) True. Tail wags are one way that dogs communicate with each other. It's like body language for dogs. When humans are happy, we might do a little wave or a smile or a thumbs up. But sometimes dogs communicate by shaking their butts. It's true. To learn more about the ways of the wag, we talked to Alexandra Horowitz. She studies dog minds at Barnard College in New York City.
3: One of the great pleasures of living with or knowing or meeting dogs is their tail wag. So yeah, I think the question of why they wag their tails and additionally what they mean when they wag their tails is a little bit more complicated than one might think. But it starts with what you probably already know, which is one of the tail wags is an expression of pure happiness.
0: I know that one. It's a classic. Their tails go back and forth like a windshield
3: wiper. So that loose, broad tail wag that you get from a dog when you come home again, that's them happy to see you. That's them just thrilled at the sight of your face.
1: But not all tail wags were created equal. Alexandra says there are different kinds of wags.
3: The other types... Uh, include like a really low tail wag, so the tail is dropped down and kind of twitching between the legs. That might indicate that the dog feels nervous or worried about something. And there's also a tail wag where the tail is straight up in dogs who have tails that stick straight up and kind of rigidly wagging quickly, and that's a tail wag that indicates the dog is feeling really excited and maybe even a little tense, like when they're seeing uh, another dog who they've never met. Something like,
0: new dog alert, new dog
1: alert! Dogs might wag their tails at other dogs or even other animals.
0: And they do it to communicate with humans, too. So tail wags are for people, fellow
1: pups, and any animal in between. And these tail wags can get even more specific. Researchers found that when a dog wags its tail to one side or another, it can mean
3: totally different things. So for instance, when the dog is confronted with their person, they wag their tail a lot and the researchers found that they wagged it more strongly to the right side than to the left side. On the other hand, when the dog saw like a strange dog, a dog they didn't know, or an unknown person, they also wagged their tail, but they wagged it more to the left.
2: Wow,
1: nothing like some good rump-shaking research.
3: All in the name of science.
1: These different wags are like the differences between a smile, a frown, or raising your eyebrows.
0: It's an expression. Right. It's a way for dogs to tell people or other dogs how they're feeling.
1: But it's not just tails. Dogs use their whole bodies to
0: communicate. Their ears might perk up when they're alert.
1: They might growl or bark to get your attention.
0: Or use their awesome sense of smell to check out just about anything, from your neighbor's tulips to the newest dog at the park.
1: By the way, we have a whole episode on dog's sense of smell. You can listen to that one at BrainsOn.org.
0: So dogs use lots of different ways to communicate, whether it's a bark, a really excited tail wag, or even perks of ears. You know,
1: if my ears could perk up, they'd be standing straight up right now because it's time for the... All right. Are you ready? Are your ears ready, Kai? Yeah. All right. Here it is.
0: What do you think? Ooh, that's a hard one. Um Do you want to hear it again? Yeah. Okay. I feel like it could be like um shaking a towel or like some sort of clothing out Mm. outside
3: or like Yeah.
0: yeah
1: so you heard some shaking you heard some outdoor noises well we will hear it again and get another chance to guess after the credits so stick around hey friends we're working on an episode all about bugs bugs are incredible Some bugs pollinate our plants, others help keep soil healthy, and lots end up as delicious meals for other animals.
0: Some bugs even eat other bugs, like how dragonflies eat mosquitoes. So cool. Ka'ai, do you have a favorite bug? Actually, I'm not such a fan of bugs, having lived through the brood x epidemic in 2021, but my favorite would probably be a butterfly.
1: Okay, so you got to fill us in, tell us what was it like to live through that cicada. So that was when tons of cicadas were hatched all at the same time, right? Yeah. So can you describe a cicadas for people who might not have gotten to live through
0: that? So there's these pretty big bugs that have wings and red eyes, but the worst thing is when they the land on you. So like one time, I guess it landed on me and I didn't notice and it crawled Up My pants and into my shirt, like my bare skin, and I scream so loud at camp. Oh
1: my goodness. Yeah, I understand why they're not your favorite. Yeah. That is a lot to deal with. Yeah, so cicadas, they also make that really loud noise, right?
0: Yeah, when there's a lot of them especially, like, that's the only thing you'll hear.
1: Yeah, so I get why bugs are not your favorite, Um, but you do like butterflies,
0: Yeah, like, I like the look of butterflies, but I don't really like when they land on me.
1: Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm sort of the same. I I think insects are super cool. I really like to think about them and look at them in pictures, but I would prefer if they don't land on me, if possible. Yeah. My daughter, however, loves box elders and will let them crawl all over her arms. She likes them. She She always tries to keep them as a pet. Listeners, we want to know what's your favorite bug and why. Maybe it's a praying mantis.
0: Or a bumblebee.
1: Whatever it is, we want to hear about your best bugs. You can send in your recordings to us at brainson.org contact.
0: And while you're there, you can send us mystery sounds, drawings, and questions, like this one. Hi, my name is Lilo, and I was wondering why the eggs were turning from clear to white when they were cooked.
1: Again, that's BrainsOn.org slash contact.
0: And keep listening.
1: Talking to your backseat babies about money can be so hard. In fact, you probably don't even know where to start. So that's where the newest version of the Million Bazillion Academy steps in, our email newsletter course. You can start whenever, and you'll get a new lesson each week that you and your kids can complete at your own pace. They'll learn about crypto the stock market, and so much more. And best of all, it's free. Million Bazillion Academy, making kids smarter about money. Sign up today at marketplace.org slash academy. You're listening to Brains On. I'm Kai,
0: And I'm Molly. We're talking all about dogs
1: and their friends.
0: Dogs evolved from wolves over thousands and thousands of years. Over that time, they found ways to communicate with humans. Now, they communicate so well with us that
1: they can learn all sorts of things.
0: Like sit, stay, roll over, and fetch that bucket of mystery goo.
1: And we trust dogs to help us in lots of very important ways. Dogs have jobs now.
0: What if dogs had a career day at school? I bet it would go something like this. Okay, quiet now, pups.
5: Okay, welcome to Career Day. We have an important job as humans, best buddies, but that can mean a lot of different things. You can do lots of different jobs depending on what kind of help your humans need.
0: I wanna be a sled dog. I wanna be a sheep dog. I want to be a balloony sandwich dog. Is that a job? To eat sandwiches.
5: You can be anything you want if you train hard enough. We can be companions and help keep our humans safe. We can help them with their work. And they give us kibbles and ear scratches and throw sticks. Stick! 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 stick. stick. Oops. Shouldn't have said stick. Okay. Hush, puppies. Now, to show you how many different jobs there are for us dogs, I've made a presentation of some of the great working dogs in my family. (laughs) Here's my cousin, Rudy. He lives on a ranch down in Texas and helps his humans move their cows from place to place. What's a cow? What's a Texas? Texas is a place, and a cow is like a big dog that goes moo and makes milk, I think. That's what Rudy says. Okay, next. This is my granddaughter, Asha. She's a search and rescue dog. If something bad happens, like if a building falls down and humans get stuck inside, dogs like Asha use their noses to sniff out anybody who needs help. I'm so proud of her.
0: One time I was using my nose to sniff and and I found the poop. Whoa, awesome.
5: That's great, buddy. Good sniffing. You could also use your nose to work with human police and soldiers to sniff out anything dangerous people might be carrying with them. Our noses are way more powerful than human noses, so if there's something dangerous, we can usually smell it long before humans see it. It's a cool trick!
0: I know a trick! Wanna see? Look, I can bite my tail! Hang on, I almost got it. I got it!
5: You got it! If you're good at making humans laugh and feel happy, warm feelings, you could be a professional snuggler! Sometimes humans who are sad or sick need a big furry hug and some slobbery kisses.
0: I like looking humans. They taste good. And sometimes little baby ones are sticky.
5: Okay, last one, pups. This is my sister, Daisy. While we were puppies, she got picked for a special program to train her to guide humans who need help seeing. She keeps her humans safe when they cross the street, helps her get around town, and lets her know if there's anything dangerous around. Okay, that's it for today, pups. Does anyone have any questions?
0: Can I go pee? I really gotta go pee!
5: Never mind. All right, everybody, let's head outside and sniff some grass! <laughs>
0: Wow, dogs are so helpful to us humans. And dogs help other animals too,
1: even cheetahs. Usually we think of cheetahs as solitary creatures, but they can be pretty social, especially when they're younger. Cheetah cubs like to run and wrestle with their siblings, but sometimes a cub is abandoned by its mother or gets sick or injured and needs help from a zoo. But even those cheetahs can do better with a pal. That happened to one cheetah at the San Diego Zoo.
4: It was about 40 years ago where we had a young uh, cheetah cub that needed a companion, and so we had brought a dog in to be that companion. It was a golden retriever, and it kind of started from there.
1: That's Nikki Boyd. She works with animals at the San Diego Zoo.
4: Anna was the dog, and Arusha was the cheetah.
1: She says the two of them quickly became friends, and visitors loved seeing them run and play together. Soon, the zoo started pairing other cheetahs with dogs.
4: Cheetahs have some dog-like qualities. They don't have retractable claws, so they have um, almost dog-like feet. And uh, dogs love to run, and so do cheetahs, so we can take them out into our big campground area and let them run around together. And so it it just worked. Uh, It was something that, um, it seemed to work for both the animals most of the time, and um, it was fun for people to see. They didn't always bond right away.
1: That's where trainers like Nikki helped it's their job to get the animals comfortable with each other. After all, cats and dogs are usually not the best pals.
4: Yeah, it's it's like the odd couple, right? So the dogs usually slowly introduce maybe through a fence, um, just let them sniff each other, reinforce for calm behavior. So, you know, give them their favorite treats for being relaxed. And then um, maybe we go on some walks or walk in the habitat together a little bit. The dogs, were usually the boss, so to speak. They were usually the more confident and and outgoing, being domesticated, where cheetahs are not. And so the cheetahs kind of took the dog's lead, which really kind of helped with a lot of the training.
1: Soon enough, Nikki says they'd be playing and running around. And from then on, the cheetah and dog would be a pair, spending all of their time together. Well, almost. Almost.
4: The only time that they were separated was for feeding because the dog would wolf down all its food and then try to go eat the cheetah's food. So we it wasn't m- more for aggression. It was more to make sure they got the, the right amount of food uh, for each of them. Some of the pairings were really tight. You'd see them both grooming each other and sleeping together and others you know, wanted their space. And so they would sleep separately. So it just depended on the pairing.
1: There's still one cheetah and dog who live together at the San Diego Zoo today. But Nikki says they're moving away from the program. Instead, they're trying to pair single cheetahs with other single cheetahs, sometimes from other zoos. But dogs are still helping out in other ways. Nikki says the zoo works with dogs trained to help sniff out endangered tadpoles in the wild. They're called frog dogs. And they help scientists find these at-risk critters so they can help preserve them.
5: That's a good doggie.
2: Let's all give a big old round of applause for this year's winners of the amazing chase, Sandin and Penelope! Hot dog! I cannot believe we did it. I'm going to be honest... I did not know what was going to happen after we spilled the mystery goo everywhere in round two. <laughs> I was a little nervous when the goo accidentally dribbled into my mouth, but turns out it was delicious. Spoiler alert, it's Toad's Pistachio Pudding. <laughs> I'm sure of it. Okay, honestly, though, uh, it gave me the sugar rush I needed to take the crown in the final round. And <laughs> I've never seen Penelope fetch a beanbag chair with such ease. Who needs opposable thumbs when you've got a bite like that? Right, Penelope? <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't have said it better myself. Thanks, everyone. See you next year.
0: Humans and dogs evolved closely together over thousands of years, sharing food and eventually friendship. Dogs use different tail wags to communicate with dogs, humans, and even other animals. They can learn how to do all sorts of amazing things to help people. And they help
1: other animals, too,
0: from cheetahs to tadpoles. That's it for this episode of Brains On. This episode was produced by Molly Bloom, Rosie DuPont, Anna Goldfield, Aaron Woldislasi, Anna Weckle, Nico Gonzalez-Whistler, Ruby Guthrie, and Mark Sanchez.
1: Our editors are Sandin Totten and Shayla Farzan. This episode was sound designed by Rachel Breeze. We had engineering help from Peter Hagens and Josh Savageau. Beth Perlman is our executive producer. The executives in charge of APM Studios are Chandra Kavati, Alex Schaffert, and Joanne Griffith. Special thanks to Irene Small, Coco, Cece, and Lulu.
0: Brains On is a nonprofit public radio program.
1: There are lots of ways to support the show. Head to brainson.org.
0: While you're there, you can send in your questions
1: and fan art. And you can subscribe to our Smarty Pass, ad-free episodes and rad bonus stuff just for you. Okay, Kai, are you ready to hear that mystery sound again? Yes. Wait, before we hear it this time, I'm going to give you a little hint that it is related to the topic of this episode today. Oh, okay? So okay. keep that in mind as you hear it. Do you want to hear it one more time?
0: No, I think I have it. Okay, what do you think? I think it is a dog
2: wagging its tail.
1: Mm, Very good, guess. Do you want to hear the answer?
2: Yes. Okay, here's the answer. That was the sound of my dog, Ella, flapping her ears back and forth. Every morning when I wake up, she is very, very excited to see me. And I go and give her a bunch of scratches. And as soon as I'm done, she makes this exact sound by
3: shaking her head back and forth.
2: I was so ah, close.
3: You were so close. It
1: was a dog shaking something, just not the tail, yeah. the ears. Have you seen dogs do that? Um, well,
0: like when they're wet.
1: Yes, totally. Yeah, they do it a lot. Like when they get up for some reason, they're probably like, I don't know if it's a way to wake themselves up or get comfortable. I'm not really sure. We should find out. Yeah. And that was producer Mark Sanchez talking about his dog, Ella. So if you. We're going to send in a mystery sound of your cat. What would you send in a mystery sound of?
0: It would probably be of her purring.
1: Mm, that's a very satisfying sound. When does your cat purr?
0: Whenever, like, you pet her in the right spots, like, or sometimes, like, she'll sit in your lap or go across your lap.
1: Now it's time for the brain's honor roll. These are the incredible kids who keep this show going with their questions, ideas, mystery sounds, drawings, and high fives. Ruby from Falls Village, Connecticut. Theo from Madison, Wisconsin. Elijah from Columbia, South Carolina. Rivka from Spring Valley, New York. Jordan from Ravenna, Ohio. Billy from Edina, Minnesota. Alden from East Lansing, Michigan. Coraline from Economo Walk, Wisconsin. Artemis from Brumall, Pennsylvania. Janavi from Princeton, New Jersey. Brooks from Gladstone, Oregon. Anna from Clevedon, UK. Elise from Oakland, California. Dane from Wurzhoff, Poland. Parker and Rosie from Orem, Utah. Declan from Chicago. Mushka and Zalmi from Davie, Florida. Reese from West Bath, Maine. Willa from Bar Harbor, Maine. Lilia from Victoria. British Columbia, Grace from Winchester, Virginia, Sari from Belmont, California, Sophia from Ballarat, Australia, Eliana from Bluffdale, Utah, Maximilian from Seattle, Charlie from Poughkeepsie, New York, Kelso from Ione, Oregon, Talon from Wales, Garion and Elena from Massachusetts, Arjun from Falls Church, Virginia, Graham from Rogers, Arkansas, Jordan from Hattersheim, Germany, or Zion, Ronnie, and Haleli from Miami Beach, Florida, Eleanor and Mabel from West Hartford, Connecticut, Harrison, Emmeline, and Dylan from Atlanta, Isla Joe and Stevie Rose from Centennial, Colorado, Ellis, from New Orleans, Kay from Shelby, North Carolina, Cora from Hove, England, Campbell and Sally from Hanover, Pennsylvania, Shalin from Bluebell, Pennsylvania, Ruby from Oakland, California, Ruby and Jumper from Austin, Texas, Tatum from Brooklyn, New York, Henry and Jack from Woodstock, Georgia, Oliver from Satellite Beach, Florida, Anderson and Amelia from Marietta, Georgia, Teddy, Lucy, and Juniper from Ventura, California, Tucker from Blairsville, Georgia, Madison and Haley from East Islip, New York, Anna from Los Angeles, Riley from Hong Kong, Chen from Taipei, Taiwan, Ada and Charlie from Portland, Oregon, Lander from Toto, Santa Mexico, Ben and Olivia from San Francisco, Lillian from Pflugerville, Texas, Brennan from Lee, New Hampshire, Cormac and Mary from Buffalo, New York, Colin from Hingham, Massachusetts, Veer and Aisha from Mumbai, Alia from Petersburg, Virginia, Catherine from New York, Mia from Burbank, California, Victor from Heartland, Wisconsin, Henry from Toronto, Sasha from Georgia, and Victor from Portland, Oregon. We'll be back next week with more answers to your questions. Thanks for listening.